0: All right. How y'all doing tonight? Yes. Who's still got finals going on? All right. We're just going to pray for you, just over you, for you. Who's done with finals? (laughs) You can point and laugh now. That's what you can do. Okay. Just go ahead. Point and laugh. Hey, we're glad you're here, glad you're here at C12, we're beginning a brand new series on courage, this idea of what it looks like to find bravery in your story, and tonight I am really excited because I get to introduce one of my closest friends here on staff to come and speak to you to kick off the series, his name is Austin Hagen, so Austin, come on up my friend, all right, now here's, here's what's going to happen. Austin's going to teach us. If you were here at our Q&A a few weeks ago, you would have seen Austin dropping wisdom on us more than I was, because um, that's what happens. But, but at the same time, uh, Austin's the pastor of the residency here at the church. Uh, he went through the residency just like I did years ago, uh, went off, came back recently, and so he's here to, to kind of bring a unique spin on his side of what it looks like to have courage, but but what you just did just wasn't good enough. Let's just call it, call it what it is. You got to do better. So um, every time we have someone come up here and speak besides me, a guest in our house, we embarrass them with how loud we can be. So let's welcome Austin. Wow. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much. I see you in the back. I see you. You guys doing all right? Man, I just... Uh... I just got to start off by just saying how big of an honor this is, and uh, I just really consider this a privilege to get a chance to talk to you guys. Man, I, um, I I kind of knew back to 12 Stone, and I'm just quickly learning that I think this may be one of my favorite environments uh, in this church is coming here to C12. Would you guys agree? Is this like your favorite place to come to out of all? Great. It seems like it should be, and so... Um, And then I would also like to say I'm crazy insecure after that video because I can't do anything cool. And all those people are doing amazing things, and I'm just the most boring person in the world. So uh, I'm really insecure right now, so forgive me. Okay, they told me that uh, finals were happening this week, and so I was expecting like five people here, and now I'm completely blown away and excited and nervous, man. I'm so nervous, but this is... uh, this is an incredible, incredible night, incredible environment, man. I, I, can we thank our worship team real fast for just uh, what they did? You guys are awesome, man. And I just, uh, man, I think what God is doing in this ministry and what he's stirring, something in the room, something in the spirit of this place. Man, I'm just uh, glad to be here tonight. So uh, first things first. And we'll get going here. I'm not going to speak for very long. I just got a couple minutes and a couple of things I want to share with you, what God's put on my heart. But uh, to get things going, um, do you like who you're sitting next to? Are we good? We're good there? Get used to it. You got about 25, 30 minutes of sitting next to that person. It be a really awkward time to get up and leave right now. So uh, just stay, stay put. And uh, will you do me a favor? Will you just turn to your neighbor real fast? And just say, I've been praying all week that I'd get to sit next to you. Just go ahead and let them know. Just let them know. Even if it's not true. Even if it's not true. <laughs> hey, I believe uh, I believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. So we're gonna have a good time tonight. You guys good with that? And uh, if you if you wanna say Amen, go for it. If you wanna say, preach it, brother. You, if you want to stand up and wave a hanky, I see you, you do whatever you want, we'll, uh, we'll get Pentecostal up in here, Matt's got some, uh, we're going to bring some snakes out later, and we'll just start, I'm just kidding, we won't do that, but um, it'll be good. Hey, uh, tonight we're talking about courage. And uh, kicking the series off about courage, and I'll just be honest with you, I started thinking about this idea of courage, and I was like, man, everybody knows something about courage. Courage is a pretty familiar word. It's not like a, what is courage? I don't know. Like, it's pretty familiar to all of us, but I had this original thought of why, like, courage is a noble thing. We all appreciate it, but why is it important for Christians to have courage? Because as I read the scriptures and just kind of search around, it seems to me like it's one of the most Like most used or the biggest commandment, just over, it's one of the biggest commandments that God gives over and over and over again to his people is to be strong and courageous, to take courage, to be a person of courage, just over and over and over again, and I'm like, I mean, why is it important for Christians to have courage, because I get it that it's a cool thing when like you encounter someone with courage. I think it's awesome. We all respect that, right? Like if uh, you know a person in the military has a, a ton of courage, and we all respect that and honor that. It's amazing what they do, and the fact they put their lives on the line for us. And you know, a firefighter has incredible courage. A single mom has incredible courage. Like we all respect, and it's a noble thing to have courage. But why? What's the significance of Christians showing? Courage, And so tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, courage and my journey through courage and um, maybe just give you a couple of things that you can take home with you. Are you. Did you bring something to take notes with? I know you got Bibles. You guys take notes here at C12? Come on, get your phones out. It's okay. I trust you. You're going to take notes on your phones. I get it. Take notes. I got to tell you, there's a special place in heaven for people who take notes. So, um, I'm just saying. You don't have to believe me, but whatever. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read a a story um, out of there that may be familiar, you. If you don't have your Bibles, okay, we got a giant Bible behind me here, and you can follow along on that. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 14 and uh, verse 22. And if you've been around church for a little while, you may have heard this story before. If, if you're new to church, new to the Bible, then uh, I think you'll enjoy this. It's a pretty cool story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and uh, we'll try and pick some things out of it, okay? If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right, I like it. Verse 22, it says, um, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd." After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. That just kind of sets up the story. Now we're getting into the meat of it, okay? It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. I love how. The Bible just kind of says that like it's no big deal, and then it moves on. So Jesus is walking on water right there, okay? Walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, rightfully so. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear, in fear. I think that's an important word. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. There's our word. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. What a crazy thing to say. And Jesus says, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. If you got a pen with you, would you circle beginning? We're going to come back to that word, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him. And he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, a fascinating story to me, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about it. Can I just pray for us one more time? I know we prayed a little bit tonight, I'd like to just pray, all right? God, we are um, just grateful for your word, and grateful for what you have given us in scripture, and Father, I ask uh, right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would make these words come alive, that they would not just be words on a page, it would not just be information, but they would become a revelation to us. And Father, I pray for each person in this room, God, that we would not walk out of those doors the same way we walked in them. Lord, would you speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Have uh, Have you ever been a victim of peer pressure? I've been a victim. Let me word that a little different. I know that's a heavy question. Let me word it a little different. Have you ever been a victim of positive peer pressure? Positive peer? Do you know what positive peer pressure is? So it's like when someone uh, pressures you to do something you didn't want to do or whatever, and then after you're like, "Oh, dang, that was kind of cool. Like, I'm glad I got pressured into doing that. That was that was a good thing to get pressured into. Like, you doubt you doubted that you could do it, and then it ended up happening. I um. I kind of had a situation like that. I don't know. I know you guys don't know me, but to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm not much of an outdoorsy type of guy. Um, I I, I don't know if you could guess that or whatever, but I I just don't love, like, I like being outside. I like playing sports outside. I like doing things outside. Um, But when it comes to a couple things, uh, two specific words that I just don't like at all, uh, hiking and camping. Not my thing. Anybody love hiking and camping? All right. All you guys are crazy. Ridiculously crazy. Um, not, not really two of my favorite things to do. And I used to be kind of insecure about it. And I used to like try and cover that up because I thought that all like real men went hiking and camping. It was like, oh, we're going outside to hike and camp. And so anytime someone would ask me to go hiking, I'd be like, yeah, I guess, uh, let's go. And, um, I've gotten comfortable enough in my own skin where now I'm just like, bro, that's the last thing I want to do is go hiking because I just hate it so much, right? And uh, I, I don't know what it is. I enjoy, I, I enjoy outdoors things, but it, I, like I've been hunting or hunting, as my family says, hunting. Um, I've killed like a deer and a turkey. Like, I've done things outside and, and fishing, but like hiking sounds miserable to me. And so I'm just saying, if you ask me to go hiking tonight, um, I'm going to tell you there's about 45, 45 other things that I would rather do than hike. And um, this one time, my, my boss asked me to go hiking uh, with him. And because he was my, my boss, I just said, well, yeah, you know, I'll go hiking. And I wanted to impress him a little bit. And I didn't want him to think I was a little girl. So I was like, yeah, sure, dude, I'll go hiking with you. And he said, well, this is going to be like a different kind of hike. Like it's going to be through the mountains and we're going to camp overnight. It's going to be a two-day hike. And I was like, yeah, dude, I can do that, easy money, no problem, let's go. And so um, so he was like, all right, we'll do it. And then the morning we were going to go hiking, or we're, the afternoon, I show up to his house, and I'm just wearing, like, regular, like, tennis shoes and whatever, and he said he'd have some stuff for me. And so I show up to his house, and he has, like, like official hiking gear laid out for me, and pants, and shirts, and jackets, and a book bag, and I'm not talking about, like, uh, like Jansport, like school book bag. I'm talking about like a bag bag that ended up weighing about 40 pounds. And all this stuff laid out for me. And very quickly I'm like, dude, what have I gotten myself into? And then listen to this. The guy, um, he, he was a former Marine. I guess not former. Once a Marine, always a Marine. But you, like, you get what I'm saying. He was a Marine. And uh, so he was a Marine. And then he brought along another Marine friend. And then me. Right? So Me. And then two Marines, and then another guy that was like a teenager, and uh, so I felt better than him. And Anyways, um, so we, we go out to the North Georgia mountains to start hiking, and uh, we started hiking about 6 o'clock at night, and we start going, and I got a 40-pound book bag, and it's got the little like water hose thing through it that I'm sucking water through, and uh, we start hiking, and we get about a mile into this thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? It starts sleeting on us. Freezing rain, people, on us. This was in February. So sleeting on us, and I'm hiking through the mountains going, what have I gotten myself into? And then he says, hey, we're going to go 10 miles tonight. We're going to go 10 miles tonight. And we went 10 miles before we, uh, like, set up our tent and stuff. We set up our tent, and then the next morning we wake up with just a fresh new energy to go hiking, and we start out early in the morning. And we went 20 miles, people, on that day. 20 miles. And so at the end of the day, we had hiked 30 miles in 24 hours. Does that sound like fun to anybody? Y'all crazy. So we finished hiking, and I I just wanted to tell you guys that my feet and knees and legs and entire body have never hurt that bad in my life. Like for four days, I just laid in my bed and was just like crying because I was in so much pain. It was, I've, I've never been challenged that much in my life, never been challenged, I've played sports all my life, I've trained or whatever, like, all my life, I've never been challenged and pushed, like, to the edge uh, that much my entire, it was absolutely wild, so here's the question, I know you're wanting to ask me this, Austin, if given the chance, would you go again, right, that's the question you're going to ask me, I just asked it for you, if given the chance, would I go again, the answer is absolutely, I would do it again, absolutely, you want to know why? Because the, <laughs> kind of, the feeling that I got after I just completed this amazing, like, feat, it was the most amazing thing I've ever done, and now I have a cool story to tell to make people think I'm, like, super awesome. The feeling that I got after doing that was one that I've never gotten before. Feeling so accomplished, feeling of just, like, the reward, the rewarding feeling that came from that was so worth, so worth. All the pain and the sacrifice and the risk that was involved with hiking that much. It was so worth it. And I think, I think if we could go back to the story in the scripture and, and talk to Peter, I think he would probably tell us something similar. I think he would say, hey, I know you guys think I was a little crazy, like walking on the water and getting out of the boat and putting myself in that situation, but I just want to tell you that the reward, what I got, was so much greater than the risk. It was, it was just so much better. It was worth it. It was worth it. And I read this story, and I just, like, it baffles me what Peter said in the story. We read it earlier. Like, he, he's out in the boat. They see Jesus walking on the water. And then Peter just has the nerve to say, what, do you guys remember what he says? He says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Is that not the weirdest thing ever to say? Like, what an absurd statement for Peter to make. Isn't it a lot more logical to say, Jesus, if that's you, uh, keep walking. Like, you're doing a great job, Jesus. You're walking on water. Good job. Just keep coming this way and prove yourself to me. That seems like a lot more logical thing for Peter to say. But instead, he says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Apparently, Peter knew something. Apparently, Peter knew that there's some type of reward that comes from us stepping out of the boat, from us stepping into what is fearful, from us stepping into the unknown, from us stepping into what we may not know what happens, apparently Peter knew there was something on the other side of the risk. And I think many of us live in this boat, just figuratively speaking, this boat of Christian life where we just get super comfortable where we're at and we're just good with like seeing Jesus from a distance and being like, Hey, Jesus, I know you and all that, but I need you to prove yourself to me. And we just get really comfortable in a boat, and we just expect him to do everything. And I think that um, the message tonight is that God may be speaking to some of you asking you to step out of the boat, asking you to step out of your comfort, asking you to step into some unknown, asking you to step into maybe the things that fear you the most because that's what he's calling you into. And the reward is so much greater than the risk. If you're taking notes, I just want to give you three things tonight, and then we'll be done and get out of here. If you're taking notes, um, number one, why, why should you? I, I put them in, like, declaration because it makes sense to me. So I said, I will get out of the boat. You can write this down. I will get out of the boat because the reward is worth the risk. So worth the risk. I was... Um, I don't know why, but, like, recently God's been stirring something in me, and I just found that a lot of times in, uh, like, if you read social media a lot or whatever, it seems like we always, uh, we like, wait for God to bless us with something, and then we give him credit for it. Like, uh, I just got a new job. God is good. And I, sometimes I read those, I'm like, you know God was good before you got a new job, right? Like, he's not just good because you got a new job. I was talking to a guy um, back in in Tennessee, he was kind of like you, he was in college, and he was looking uh, for a job, and he just got out of college and he finally got an offer uh, in Texas. And so he was like, Austin, I think this is a good deal. I think it's a good job. It's exactly what I want to do, but it's just so far away. It's all the way out in Texas. And like that's not where I'm from. My family's in Tennessee, my girlfriend's in Tennessee. everything's comfortable in Tennessee. So he said, "I'm just nervous about this." And so we prayed for it right then. And then about a week later, he came to me and he said, Austin, you won't believe this. I got a job, or I got another job offer in Tennessee. And uh, he said, so I won't have to leave my family. I'll be close to them, close to my girlfriend. He said, and God even proved to me that that's what he wanted me to do because I'll get more money at that job in Tennessee. And I just kind of sat back and I thought, are we waiting for God to make things easier for us? Like to take the risk out of things and we just assume that the less risky thing is what he's leading us to do? Because I'll just tell you, I think very often God will call you to do something that's a little risky. That's a little risky. Why? Why does he do that? Because I think oftentimes it's in the risk. It's in the risk where you have to depend on him the most. Right? If there's no risk in anything, well, then I'm good. Like what, what is the most amazing thing about this story uh, of Peter? The thing that baffles our mind the most is that a human being walked on water, right? David Copperfield or David Blaine, what's the guy's name? Do they do that? They don't do that. You guys don't know. The most amazing thing is that Peter walked on water, right? That's what amazes us all. So if Peter was in a car and he got out and walked on concrete to Jesus, is that cool? No, that's not cool at all. There's no risk in that. Like the most, the most amazing thing was the risk that Peter took to get out of the boat and the faith that it took and the courage that it took to walk on water. And my fear is that we will go through life expecting God to give us the easy way out, expecting him just to show up when there's no risk. And I just wanted to tell you guys tonight that I think that's false, that he often shows up in the risk. You can write this down, um, kind of another word for risk. And I would tell you for tomorrow, if if what we do on Thursday night doesn't change our Friday, then we're just wasting our time, right? So for tomorrow, risk your comfort to experience his calling. Risk your comfort to experience his calling. Rarely will God call you to something that is perfectly in your comfort zone. Why? Because if it was comfortable, it wouldn't take courage. If it was comfortable, there'd be no courage involved. So we get people that walk around and they go, man, I don't know why I can't experience God anymore. I don't know why I don't feel him in my life. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel like he's there. And I think a lot of times it's because we stay in our little comfort zone and we never get out and allow him to really do a miracle. So even if God wanted to do a miracle in our lives, we're too attached and addicted to our comfort that we can't get out so that he can do a miracle. So then we remove the opportunity for God to do something amazing in our life. Listen, you can't be in your comfort and have courage. It's impossible. You can't be in your comfort and have courage. My greatest fear for us, I think, I think the enemy is some like the old things of sex, rug, drugs, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, that's over, like, Like, I think the enemy uses a lot more sly things now, and he uses you just getting in your comfort zone and staying attached to your comfort that you never have to have courage. And I think a lot of us will never have to experience courage. Listen, courage is one of the most uh, commanded things in the Bible. Have courage, be courageous, take courage, be strong and courageous. And many of us will never have to grasp onto courage. We'll never get the opportunity to grasp onto the commandment of God because who needs courage? When you have comfort. Who needs courage when you have comfort? Maybe God's calling you tonight to step out of your comfort zone, have some courage, and then you can experience a miracle much like Peter did. You with me? Say amen. amen. All right, let's move on. Y'all ready? Preach. Somebody said preach. Come on. Um, I, I just love the rest of this story, too. In, in verse 29, I just want to read you in verse 29 or verse 28. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, you know the next word? He was afraid and beginning, beginning to sink. You know what fascinates me about this story? Is that Peter didn't really even sink. It says beginning to sink. I don't know uh, if you're like me. I grew up in church, and so I heard this story a lot. But I feel like I always pictured this story um, looking something like, like this. Like Peter gets out of the boat, he starts walking, and he, he starts sinking. And I picture Peter just like flailing around his arms, you know, when, and, and like starting to drown. He's like trying to get a breath of air with everything he has. And then I picture Jesus kind of over him going, yeah, Peter. Yep. You're going to learn today, Peter. <laughs> right? You're going to learn today, Peter. That's what happens when you take, hey, you guys in the boat? Y'all see this? This is what happens when you take your eyes off of me, guys. Take your eyes off of me, you lose faith, and you drown. Like he's trying to make some kind of example out of Peter. But that's not at all what the scripture says, is it? It says that beginning, Peter didn't even sink, beginning to sink, And then the next word is immediately. Jesus reached down his hand. Immediately, Jesus reached down his hand. Point number two, if you're taking notes, I will get out of the boat because I can't lose. You turn to your neighbor and just say, you can't lose. That was weak. That was weak. You can't lose. I'll get out of the boat because I can't lose. Listen, how many of us, how many of us are so gripped, so gripped by the fear of failure that we stay in our boat and we miss the miracle? How many of us are so gripped and just completely controlled that we may fail, that we completely miss out on what God's calling us to do? I think it happens all the time, the fear of failure. It's like, all right, I think, I'm pretty sure God's calling me to try out to lead worship up there for C12, but I don't, what, if, what if I suck? What if, what if I can't do it? What if I, what if I don't make the team? What if, what if I can't do it? And the fear of failure will keep you from stepping out. And I just wanted to encourage some of you in here tonight. Even if you fail, beginning to sink, the Bible says that immediately Jesus reached down his hand. It's not like he's trying to make an example out of you and show you how. Some of us are so, we feel like, like God's calling us to be a spiritual leader in our friend group. and He's calling me to step up. You know, it's time for me to make a difference. My friends don't know Jesus, and I think I need to really, like, start acting right and start pointing them to Jesus. Maybe bring them to C12. We feel like God's calling us to do that, and then the fear of failure will take over us. And now all of a sudden I go, oh, but man, what if I do that and then I mess up? What if I do that and things don't turn out right and I fail and then, like, it'd just be a disaster? I just wanted to encourage you tonight. If you will step out of the boat, have some courage, step out of the boat and follow what you think God is calling you to do, you can't lose. You can't lose. You may may lose in, in the world's eyes. Like, if you do that, if you start to be a spiritual leader in your friend group, you may stop getting invited to the parties. You may lose some friends. But what did you gain? Now I'm walking out on water. <laughs> I'm walking on water, and I'm hand in hand with Jesus. You can't lose. I was um, in the airport uh, um, not too long ago in Atlanta, and I was traveling somewhere, and then um, I was on the little, like, I guess you call it a train that goes from like concourse A to concourse B or whatever it is. Um, I was on that, and just standing on there thinking about my trip and whatnot, and I saw this lady, um, <clears throat> kind of an older lady, and you know how you just see some people, you're like, man, she looks like she's just having a rough day. Like, I guess don't tell a lady that, by the way. Um, but you know how you can just see in people's eyes, like, something's not right, and, and it just kind of breaks your heart for them, you know? I kind of felt that about this lady, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to, to, to pray for I felt like he was saying, Austin, you need to pray for her. So I was like, all right, God, I'll pray for the Lord, thank you so much for this thing. You know? And he said, no, 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 no. You need, to pray. you need to go up to her and pray for her like right now. I was like, oh, man. Like, this is weird. Like, we're in Hartsfield Airport, like, around all these people. And there's um, this guy where the Holy Spirit was telling me, you step out of your boat. Step out of the boat. Trust me. This is what I'm calling you to do. And I thought, oh, gosh. So I walked up to her. I walked up to her. I said, uh, excuse me, miss. Uh, you look like, you're having a terrible, I'm just kidding, I didn't say that. Um, I said, man, I know this is weird, but I just feel like God's asking me to to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And she said, No. I was like, Oh. (laughs) I said, "Uh, Okay. Well, I was like, Is there something I can like pray for you about when I go back home? Something going on? And she said, No, I don't need your prayers. Okay. (laughs) And I just kind of like crawled back into my turtle shell and was just starting to get kind of angry at God. Like, God, why? Like, I stepped out of the boat, felt like I was walking on water, like doing what you called me to do, and then just, boom, just completely sunk, you know? And, uh, and he just kind of whispered to me. He just said, Austin, did you do what I asked you to do? Yeah, I think so. He said, you can't lose. You did what I asked you to do. And I just walked out of that train going, you know what, I'm not responsible for what happens. I'm just responsible to obey where he's calling me. And I can't lose when I do that. You can't. Cool thing was I walked out of the train, started walking toward the escalator, and um, was just like thinking through this and whatever, and then someone tapped me on my shoulder, and I turned around, and it was this like businessman dude, I don't know, probably 35, 40 years old, in a suit and tie and all this kind of stuff. And he said, uh, hey, man, he said, I just, I overheard your conversation. And um, he said, I'm on my way to a job interview. And he said, I don't, I'm jobless right now, and I got three kids at home. And he said, I just was wondering if you wouldn't mind praying for me. And I said, uh, like, now? <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I prayed for him right there. Here's what I want you to know. You're not, you're not responsible for what happens. And you may fail. it may not turn out what you like how you wanted it to be. but if you will step out of the boat, and have some courage and start walking toward Jesus, I promise you, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. And point number three, are you ready? Point number three, and we'll be done. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to worship together in a little bit. Point number three: I will get out of the boat. because the story. The story is way bigger than me. Tell your neighbor, it's bigger than you. Way bigger than me. The story is way bigger than me. Listen, what I did on that train, I had no idea what God was going to do. You have no idea what God's going to do with what he's calling you to. And what you think that you see is what he's calling you may not be at all what he's calling you to do. I had no idea that the reason why he wanted me to approach that lady was probably actually because he knew the other guy needed it. Do you see how this works? You have no idea why God's calling you to do that. Absolutely not. The story is way bigger than you. I think this is one of the most overlooked points about having courage and stepping out of the boat and trusting Jesus. I just want to read these last couple verses one more time. It says, that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he called him and he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And this is, so, this is so cool. It says, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him. Those who were in the boat worshiped him. Did you know that that story was not even about Peter? It had nothing to do with Peter. Peter. It was about the people that were in the boat that needed to worship Jesus. Isn't it crazy that the Bible doesn't give us any account for, like, what happened in Peter's life after this? It doesn't say anything about Peter got so radically changed Because what he happened in the water and the fact that Jesus reached down his hand and picked him up. Peter was so radically changed that he went out and like 14,000 people got saved. And Peter was the greatest man ever. Like It doesn't say anything like that. It says the result of what happened in the water when Peter had courage and stepped out of the boat. The result was that everybody on the boat worshipped Jesus. Did you know that maybe what God is calling you to tonight is more about what he wants to do in other people's life than it is about what he wants to do in your life? Will you write this down? Your courage could be the catalyst for someone else's change. Maybe that's what God is calling us to. To step out of the boat, into the fear, into the unknown, into the things that we're not really sure how it's going to work out into the scariness of life. I feel like God's, what, I don't know what your story is. I feel like God's calling me to, to change my major. And I'm already a junior. I don't know what that's gonna look like. I feel like God's calling me to forgive that friend who has no right to receive my forgiveness. I feel like God's calling me to call up my dad who abandoned me 10 years ago and try to restore a relationship. I don't know what God's calling you to tonight, but I do know this. It may not be just about you. It may be about the others around you. Your courage could be a catalyst for someone else's change. I say it this way too. Your faith could be the fuel for someone else's worship. (laughs) Your faith could be the fuel for someone else's worship. This is why I I love worshiping, Um, and I understand completely that it's between me and God. It's a real, like, intimate type thing. But what I love about the church is that we come together, and there seems to be this, like, momentum that comes when we corporately, as a group, worship God together. Right? You agree? Something about that. What's even more powerful, and you can look all throughout Scripture, I can show you a couple things, where someone's worship started changing someone else. I could show you a story about Paul in Acts where he started worshiping even though he was chained up in prison and the Bible says that not only did his chains break but everybody else in the prison, their chains broke. Did you know that your worship or your faith could be the fuel for someone else's worship? That's what we're a part of tonight. It's not just about you. Maybe God has way bigger plans for you than just you walking on water. And so, my challenge for you tonight would be you, you know what's going on in your life. You, you know, I don't know. But I know this that God will speak quietly, sometimes loudly, and try and call you to something. It may not be big, it may, be, it may just be go pray for that person. I don't know what He's calling you to tonight. But I know this it's going to take some courage to get out of your comfort zone, it's going to take some courage to get out of the space where life is just good and comfortable. But I promise you, when you will step out, when you will step out, the reward will be so much greater than the risk. You will not lose, and you may see something way bigger happen. So I just want to do this tonight. Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to ask, um, I feel like God may be pressing into some people right now, and so I just want to ask you, if you feel like that's you and and maybe God is just speaking quietly or maybe he has been speaking for a while and this is just kind of confirmation, but if you feel like there's something in your life and you know that God's asking you to step out of the boat to have some courage and believe and to trust that he's going to take care of you, if you believe that that's the case, I'm going to ask you in just a moment just to lift your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to walk forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I just want to see your hand because I want to pray for you because I'm there too. Just lift your hand if that's you, you. Feel like God's calling you to do something, you're a little bit scared right now. You know you need to trust Him. Just keep your hand raised. I want to pray for all of us together. God, it took a certain amount of courage to lift our hands. But God, I pray that tonight that you would speak some courage into their hearts. God, that you would give them a perspective where they began to see the reward is so much greater than the risk. And God, I pray that you would reveal to them, Lord, where they need to step out. For those that didn't raise their hand, God, I know it's coming soon. It has to come one day. God, that you would reveal to them the place in their life where you're asking them just to trust you a little bit more, where you're asking them to step out of the boat. God, I pray that you would reveal that in such a way that they could not ignore it. And God, I pray that you would honor their courage. God, that you would do something. God, that you would be the Ephesians 3.20, God, to the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. God, I pray that you would do that, that you would use a simple act of courage to do something great. And Lord, we trust that you'll do that. God, we give you our worship tonight. God, we pray that you would use our worship to be someone else's fuel for their worship. And Lord, we trust you in it, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Would y'all get up for Austin one more time, please? Thank you, sir. I know, I know I needed that, and I know a lot of them needed that too. So the best thing about tonight is the reminder that you can't lose, that you can't when you display courage, when you go out and you live and you step out of that boat, you step onto the water, you can't lose. And so my prayer is that you would take that, that you would go, that it would be the story that you start to live out in yours as well. We're gonna continue talking about courage, talking about bravery in your story over the next few weeks. But before you go, two things. One, um, I know we like to have a good time, but I know we also like to party. So on May 26th, To kick off the summer, we're going to have a huge party that you should be inviting your friends to. You should be putting it on your calendar. We're going to have King of Pops coming back. We're going to have a custard ice cream food truck coming to hang out. We're going to have games and prizes and a band. It's going to be legit. I promise. I promise you're going to want to bring all your friends to it. So that's May 26th. Mark your calendar. Last thing real quick. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to talk to you about Camp Grace. Camp Grace. Camp Grace is something that 12 Stone as a church we're getting to partner with. And Camp Grace takes children and students and young teens and takes them to a summer camp. And then what we need and way we get to partner specifically within C12 is we get to send leaders to go and pour into these students, pour into these children Let them see the gospel and just make friends with them the entire summer. And here's what's going on Lucas Farmer, the guy who I made like walk up to here, and then y'all embarrassed him and he walked back. Uh, He's here again tonight because he would love to meet some of you that may be interested. So, if you have nothing to do this summer and you're like, what am I going to do? You should go be a leader at Camp Grace, especially if you're a guy. They're looking for some guy counselors. But it's a paid thing, it's an opportunity for you to come do this. It's a great, great experience. So, Camp Grace, the strategic partner that if that's like, hey, I think I'd like to do that. Lucas will actually be out in the lobby with his wife and his three beautiful children that you can go meet. And uh, Lucas, just so you know, every girl now is going to run towards you because you're like, babies, what? Yeah, it's it's going to happen. So you won the night. But listen, I love y'all. If you're interested in that, go see Lucas. Otherwise, we will see you here next week. Thanks, y'all.